The following is a special Halloween episode of The Week in Doubt. A book so terrible it must not be mentioned. An ancient tome capable of summoning eldritch gods and reanimating the dead. The Book of the Dead. The dreaded Necronomicon. For decades, dabblers in the occult and horror enthusiasts have wondered, is it real? Does the Necronomicon actually exist? I could give you a simple answer, but that would make for a rather short episode. So instead, let's go back to the beginning, to the writings of a prolific New England horror author active during the first half of the 20th century. Born in 1890 in Providence, Rhode Island, Howard Phillips Lovecraft was a sickly but precocious child, with a voracious appetite for reading and a love of chemistry and astronomy. In 1908, Lovecraft suffered what he himself would later refer to as a nervous breakdown, which prevented him from receiving his high school diploma. Despite his keen intellect, financial difficulties resulting from a mismanaged family estate would further deter Lovecraft from pursuing a higher education. It's thought that the young Lovecraft struggled with sleep paralysis and night terrors. He reported being attacked by what he termed night gaunts, a silent, faceless, vaguely humanoid race of creatures that he would incorporate into his horror fiction. H.P. Lovecraft is arguably best known for what an associate of his by the name of August Derleth would later term the Cthulhu mythos. Cthulhu is one of a pantheon of eldritch gods spawned from Lovecraft's imagination, often referred to as the Great Old Ones. These ancient and horrible cosmic beings ruled Earth before the dawn of man. Cthulhu specifically a giant, scaly, taloned, cephalopod-like humanoid god monster, the mere sight of which was said to drive men mad, was described as dwelling in an eons-long death-like slumber beneath the sea, in the ancient fallen city of Ril Ye, dead but dreaming, waiting for the time when he would awaken and rise again from the depths to the horror of mankind. The Necronomicon supposedly contained the history of these horrible beings, as well as the means to summon them. The book was first mentioned in Lovecraft's short story, The Hound, written in 1922 and published two years later. The specific passage reads as follows. Immediately upon beholding this amulet, we knew that we must possess it, that this treasure alone was our logical pelf from the centuried grave. Even had its outlines been unfamiliar, we would have desired it. But as we looked more closely, we saw that it was not wholly unfamiliar. Alien it indeed was to all art and literature which sane and balanced readers know. But we recognized it as the thing hinted of in the forbidden Necronomicon of the mad Arab Abdul al-Hazrid, the ghastly soul symbol of the corpse-eating cult of inaccessible Lang in Central Asia. All too well did we trace the sinister lineaments described by the old Arab demonologist. Lineaments he wrote, drawn from some obscure supernatural manifestation of the souls of those who vexed and gnawed at the dead. The supposed author of the Necronomicon, the mad Arab Abdul al-Hazrid, had been quoted previously in Lovecraft's story The Nameless City, without direct mention of the Necronomicon. 
In an attempt to lend the book a sense of authenticity, Lovecraft invented an elaborate history for the Necronomicon, and even encouraged other authors to reference it and other aspects of his mythos in their own writings. Likewise, in turn, Lovecraft also referenced the fictional works of others in his own stories, such as Clark Ashton Smith's Book of Iben, and the creator of Conan the Barbarian, Robert E. Howard's Unespreak-like in Colton. In Lovecraft's own words, he thought this repeated referencing or citation by various authors would add a background of evil verisimilitude. According to the pseudo-history Lovecraft had composed, later to be published posthumously as History of the Necronomicon, the dreaded grimoire was originally referred to as Al-Azif, according to Lovecraft meaning something to the effect of that nocturnal sound made by insects supposed to be the howling of demons. This may have been inspired by a footnote from an English translation of the 18th century Gothic novel, Vatek. The footnote refers to a passage including the words, those nocturnal insects which presage evil. An apparent allusion to Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies, and Psalm 91.5, which reads in the English Coverdale version, Thou shall not need to be afraid of any bugs by night. The supposed author, as previously stated, was the half-mad Arab Abdul al-Hazrid, a traveler from Yemen who worshipped Lovecraftian deities and sought out the forbidden secrets of such places as the ruins of Babylon, Memphis, the Rub al-Khalil, or Empty Quarter of Arabia, and fabled Aram. According to Lovecraft's history, in the year 738, Al-Hazred suddenly and mysteriously died in Damascus, where he had penned the Al-Azif, the dread book that would later become known as the Necronomicon. Lovecraft wrote that the Al-Azif gained considerable, though surreptitious, circulation amongst the philosophers of the age. In the year 950, a scholar by the name of Theodorus Philetus supposedly translated the text into Greek, giving it the name Necronomicon. Lovecraft himself claimed that the word Necronomicon when translated from the Greek meant an image of the law of the dead, but literary critic S.T. Joshi claims that Lovecraft's translation is quote-unquote unsound, and a more correct translation would be book considering or classifying the dead. According to Robert M. Price, host of the Bible Geek and Lovecraft Geek podcast, the title Necronomicon has been variously translated by others to mean Book of the Names of the Dead, Book of the Laws of the Dead, Book of Dead Names, and Knower of the Laws of the Dead. Lovecraft's timeline continues with the Greek version leading certain experimenters to terrible attempts before it was suppressed and burnt in the year 1050 by the actual historical figure Patriarch Michael, the ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople from 1043 to 1059. After its suppression, the book is only heard of furtively until being translated from Greek to Latin by Danish physician and antiquarian Olos Vermius. Lovecraft places this edition of the Necronomicon in the early 13th century, predating the historical Olos Vermius by several centuries. Lovecraft's detailed timeline continues, stating that in 1232, both the Latin and Greek versions of the text were banned by Pope Gregory IX, yet copies would resurface across Renaissance Europe, Latin copies in 15th century Germany and 17th century Spain, and a Greek version in 16th century Italy. 
At the suggestion of a friend and fellow author, Frank Belknap Long, Lovecraft added the detail that another real historical figure, Elizabethan mathematician, philosopher, and alchemist John Dee, had translated the Necronomicon into English. Adding more to the historical backdrop, Lovecraft referenced the Salem Witch Trials, describing how a Greek copy of the book had been burned along with a personal library in Salem in the year 1692. Lovecraft's attempt to establish an air of realism may have worked better than expected. Even during his lifetime, he had received inquiries as to whether the book actually existed. In a response to one such inquiry from broadcaster and jazz producer Willis Conover, Lovecraft replied, now about the quote-unquote terrible and forbidden books, I am forced to say that most of them are purely imaginary. There never was any Abdul al-Hazrid or Necronomicon, for I invented these names myself. Robert Bloch devised the idea of Ludwig Prynne and his De Vermis Mysteries. Well, the Book of Iben is an invention of Clark Ashton Smith's. Robert E. Howard is responsible for Frederick von Junz in his Unesprick-like in Colton. As for seriously written books on dark occult and supernatural themes, in all truth they don't amount to much. That is why it's more fun to invent mythical works like the Necronomicon and Book of Iben. Lovecraft's own clear admission that the book was fictional wouldn't keep future generations from wondering. Further muddying the waters was the fact that publishers seeking to capitalize on the interest and air of mystery surrounding the fabled text released books of their own bearing the title Necronomicon. Perhaps the most notable example is the so-called Simon Necronomicon. First published in 1977 by Slangecraft Inc., with subsequent editions being published by Avon and Bantam, the book contains an introduction by a man identifying himself only as Simon. In the introduction, Simon seeks to draw connections between the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, occultist Aleister Crowley, and ancient Mesopotamian mythology. In keeping with Lovecraft's narrative, the book itself claims to be written by a mad Arab, but liberally veers away from Lovecraft's mythos and his canonical descriptions of the book's alleged contents. Instead, it seems to focus on what it attempts to pass off as some kind of ancient Sumerian ceremonial magic, summoning incantations and curses, etc. There are still some mentions of Lovecraftian deities such as Cthulhu, spelled K-U-T-U-L-U, Owen Davies, author of Grimoire's A History of Magic Books, published by Oxford University Press, describes the Simon Necronomicon as a quote-unquote well-constructed hoax. Occult community insiders, including an illustrator for the book, have stated that the Simon Necronomicon has long been known to be a hoax. Others in defense of the work suggest that its derivative and patchwork nature makes it just as valid a grimoire as older arcane books such as the infamous Lesser Key of Solomon. Either way, the authentic work of Lovecraft's fictional Mad Arab it certainly is not. Although, as your humble narrator, I must confess that as a young teenager yet to fully escape the bonds of superstition, I did once get spooked after thumbing through a paperback copy of the Simon Necronomicon and ended up chucking it over my family's backyard fence. In the 1980s, the Evil Dead franchise would further popularize the fabled Necronomicon. In the 1981 movie simply entitled Evil Dead, the book is referred to as the Naturum de Manto, while in the 1987 follow-up, basically a polished reworking of the original, the book is referred to specifically as the Necronomicon, or even more specifically the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, an ancient Sumerian text bound in human flesh and inked with human blood, capable of summoning or awakening demonic forces. 
The Necronomicon continues to be a plot point in subsequent movies in the franchise, as well as the TV show Ash vs. Evil Dead, starring everyone's favorite Bruce Campbell reprising his role as the one and only Ash Williams, a lovable, half-crazed, and sometimes reluctant hero who, wielding a chainsaw in his arm, cuts a swath through the evil deadites, monstrous undead abominations resulting from the possession of a human body by a Kandarian demon. The Necronomicon in popular culture doesn't end with the Evil Dead franchise. It's also alluded to or referenced in other movies, it's the name of a German thrash metal band, it's referenced in video games and anime, it was also the title of a 1977 compendium of images by legendary Swiss artist H.R. Giger. Giger's painting entitled Necronomicon 4 was the specific inspiration for the nightmare xenomorph in the Alien movie franchise. So to reiterate, there's no shortage of Necronomicon references in popular culture. It seems there's now even a biannual Necronomicon, a fantasy conference held in Lovecraft's birthplace of Providence, Rhode Island. Well, as ghoulishly fun as the Necronomicon is to think about, it's probably safe to conclude that it doesn't exist, and that it's little more than the product of a New England horror writer's dark but fertile imagination. And when you pause and really think about it, that's probably for the best. I hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode of The Week in Doubt. Thanks for listening.